0: Beatrice spills the beans. On Codependency is a codependency recovery, emotional awareness, and exploration podcast. <laughs> Bee is a mom, social worker, and recovering codependent, creating a space for like-minded people who have similar experiences to help empower and cheer each other on. Join B on her journey with emotional exploration. Hey friends, it's nice to be back for another week and I am just so grateful and blessed that I can keep doing this podcast. Those of you who have been here since the beginning have stuck around for my little break I had to take. It was a couple month break. I unfortunately had a physical and mental health crisis. I really don't know what is appropriate to share, how much to share But it seems that once I, I don't know if I've even shared that I record in my closet in my room, but it seems like once I get into the closet, things just start spilling out. And so I probably am going to share more than I think I want to, just because that's who I am. And today we're going to tackle a topic that is really near and dear to me right now. It's the number one codependency pattern that I struggle with, and I'm currently Struggling a lot with it, and that is control. I'm gonna look up what the definition of control is because I think that giving definitions like it's like we hear that word all the time, but sometimes a little definition helps. On Armchair Expert, they'd say this is a live fact check. Control is the power to influence or direct people's behavior or the course of events. I'm gonna look up the definition of controlling. Determines the behavior or supervises the running of. Controlling people try to control others or situations. They may do so out of anxiety because they worry that if they do not maintain control, things will go wrong. Others adopt controlling behaviors to assert dominance, and this is a form of abuse. Let me just say, my control issues and my relationship with control patterns is abusive, and I recognize that. That is the abuse I bring to the table. I just am controlling when it comes to relationships, romantic relationships. I get controlling when I feel out of control, and I like to overly obsess about what my partner is doing instead of focusing on what I'm doing. I think that I have control issues in other areas of my life, but it shows up most in my romantic relationships, and it's the number one pattern that I Work to keep. I try to control my controlling, and I'm trying to learn that I don't know if controlling my controlling works because then when I'm not in a good place, control takes over. So, with that, let's get started. Some of the control patterns what a control pattern for a codependent can look like is believing that people are incapable of caring for themselves and that is a hundred percent me with romantic relationships I get in my head that my partners are not able to care for themselves and it's my duty to care for themselves just the other night I really didn't want to make dinner and Jay kept telling me that he would make dinner for himself and I was like in the kitchen not knowing what to do with myself because I didn't have plans for dinner and I'm having I was having severe anxiety about the fact that I didn't plan dinner and I was too tired to make dinner and so I just throw some sausages on the stove I end up putting french fries on the stove and he ends up finishing it and plating it for me That and I think he knew that I didn't want to but I felt that in my head, I tell myself that he's incapable of making him fixing himself a meal when he does it all the time, but my brain tells me that he's not capable. Um, my brain tells me that he's not capable of making plans on his own. Even every year on Christmas, I tell him exactly what I want, and then... If he forgets about it, I get all upset because I'm trying to control his gift giving because I assume that if I don't tell him to get me something that I'm not going to get anything. Even though our very first Christmas together, he was extremely thoughtful with his gifts that he gave me. And I was at that point, I had really worked on my codependency and I was actively working in my recovery. My mind likes to play tricks on me when it comes to recovery because recovery sounds like, to me, I take recovery as recovered, but recovery is a process and it takes time and there's slip ups. And if uh, those of you who follow me on Instagram, I stated that I had a codependency relapse during my break and I really... What happened is that I had physical health issues that turned into a mental health crisis, and I lost complete control. I wasn't able to work. I wasn't able to take care of my family. I wasn't able—I wasn't myself. I lost myself for a period of time, and I wasn't able to to get in the closet and have a conversation and get out content to you guys. I wasn't able— to read any of my favorite books i wasn't able to listen to my favorite podcasts i i wasn't able to drive around i wasn't able to function i wasn't able to function properly i was over functioning actually over functioning in all the wrong areas i was over analyzing over cleaning over crying over everything and i lost control and So when I lost control of myself, I spent a lot of my time trying to control Jay and control what our day looked like as a family, control things that I I was so control my mom and our relationship and trying to control her decisions and what she's doing. And it was just control, 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 but no self-control, no self-regulation. And it was really scary for everyone involved. And it really brought me back to control patterns and how control patterns really can just, the need to control and that feeling of thinking that people are not capable of doing it without my advice or without me telling them how to do things. Um, I remember as a kid, I learned so much from my dad he is a mastermind when it comes to um, fixing things and he would teach me so much but he would never let me do it hands-on because he had he didn't which I make sense it's actually really hard for me with my son like I have to work really hard to let him be able to do something if I'm trying to fix something or do something I try to let him be involved but it's really hard for me because it's that sense of control or or that, that if I let him do it, he's going to mess it all up and make it worse. And I think that that is kind of a big life motto too, is that I'm not letting anybody, I can tell them how to drive the car, but I'm not letting them get behind the wheel and drive the car when it comes to life stuff. And, and that, that can be really debilitating to relationships. And I recognize it. I recognize that that's my abuse pattern and, I know abuse is a harsh word, but it is it being overly controlling is abusive. And a lot of times I hear that when I talk to people, they um, with codependency, a lot of times people who are codependents find themselves in abusive relationships, but it's hard to look at how they can, you know, how codependents can be the abusers. And I think the control patterns is a is a big one. Another thing that control looks like is freely offering advice, and I think that I overly freely offer advice, and I, I do try to adopt the idea of asking people if they want advice before I give it, but I think that me starting this podcast was a big way of me trying to control my need to freely give advice because I decided I can give Free advice on the podcast, and people can decide to listen or not. Like I've said in the previous episodes, and that's healthier. The biggest thing I've learned of being a social worker is, a lot of times people just need to talk it out and get their thoughts together. Another uh, sign of control patterns is attempting to convince others to think, do, or feel. Convincing others to think, do, or feel—that is a huge one. That is. I I have been told multiple times, especially recently, that I can be very convincing. And I don't think that that's a, a something to brag about. I think that that's something to be looked at closely because a lot of times my convincing is me, especially with my husband, getting an idea in my head of what how something should be or the way something should go or how we should handle a certain situation or how we should parent our son and going on and on and on and over explaining and giving too many examples of how we can do things better and nagging it's nagging I I it turns into nagging dag it, dag nag it it turns into nagging and it's not cute it's not cute at all let me tell you because I decide in my head that what I think how I think something should go or how I think something should be done it I'm I convince myself that what I know is best and then I go on to spend my energy trying to convince whoever I'm convincing that that's the way things should be done and I it's It's so frustrating. It is such a frustrating trait and if I spent half my energy working on my own patterns that I'm trying to change in others or the energy I try to spend convincing others to convince myself that others can live their lives autonomously and they don't need my advice or my convincing to make their life better. Another sign of controlling is becoming resentful when others decline help or advice. So this kind of goes with the attempting to convince others to think, do, or feel because becoming resentful when others decline help or advice is is huge because first of all, I do a lot of offering of free advice and then I try to convince people of my... Whatever advice I have decided needs to be given. And then when they don't, especially with Jay, when I am trying to convince him of the new pattern or technique that we should be using with our son, and I go on and on and on until he's blue in the face, which is a stupid term, blue in the face. So he's not getting enough oxygen. Until he is rolling his his eyes glaze over. That's a good one. Because that's what it looks like. Well, really, he just starts rolling them. Um, but when I'm in my convincing mode, when he doesn't change his behavior, his re, you know, or he doesn't jump onto the new technique that I've decided is what's best for our family, I get angry and upset and resentful because he's obviously not listening to me. He's not conforming to exactly what I think needs to happen in that moment. And I take it as disrespect instead of recognizing how disrespectful it is for me to be choosing how he should be behaving instead of working on my own behaviors. So the next one is the need to be needed. That should be the number one codependency slogan, needing to be needed. So really it's that when it comes to control patterns, it's that If like my example with making dinner that I had to make, I felt like I needed to make dinner that if I didn't make dinner for my family, that they would starve, that they need me to survive, that they need me to function in their life. And that's not healthy. That's not healthy to think that you need to be needed. It's always a bonus. I mean, you know, people are single parents and they raise amazing families so my husband is capable of raising my son without me. Is it ideal for my son? Is it ideal for my husband? Probably not. But are they? is he capable? Yes. Does he need me in his life? No. He wants me in his life. He's happy to have me in his life most of the time unless I'm having a mental health crisis and it's not that fun. But, you know, he he doesn't need me. He wants me. He doesn't need me to make dinner, but he appreciates when I do make dinner, and it makes things easier on him. Just like when he picks up the slack, and it picks up the slack when he takes responsibility for dinner. It's not because I need him to make dinner; it's because he is participating in our family activities that we have with having a child that needs to be fed. My son needs me. He he he's. 2 years old, he needs me. My son needs me. Does my husband need me? No, but do I make his life better by being in it and participating? Yes. Does he make my life better by being in it and participating most of the time? No. He does. He does. I'm sorry, babe. I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky to be in the relationship I'm in, especially when I'm in my control frenzies. I forget that. I forget how lucky I am and how There always has to be a balance. And I can say that my husband sometimes becomes a little sergeant-y, but he, for the most part, lets me be in control of me and knows that I'm capable of making happy and healthy, healthy decisions for myself. And I think that's what it comes down to is the need to be needed, the advice giving, everything that makes up control patterns for codependence is the idea that other people can't make happy and healthy decisions for themselves. And for me, that comes from a long life of believing that I couldn't make happy and healthy decisions for myself, that I needed other people's approval. I needed people to tell me the next step for me to make a decision and that I could not, I did not believe I could make happy and healthy decisions for myself. And so sometimes when my codependency flares up, I believe that everyone else can't make happy and healthy decisions for themselves. Another sign of control pattern issues is demanding that your needs be met by others. And this is a huge one in the sense of, for me, I get demanding when my emotional needs are not being met. When I feel emotionally insecure and out of control I become demanding of the people that I love the most of their time and their energy. And have I told you that this isn't healthy yet? (laughs) It's sad, but it's true. And then another one is manipulating outcomes. The example I can think of for manipulating outcomes is my manipulating outcomes of the week for this week is that I have been doing nap times with my son and I've noticed that if I get him outside and get him some physical activity in in the morning that he's a lot easier to get down for nap time so instead of just doing that on my days that I'm in charge of nap time I decided that I had to give my husband a long-winded lecture about how he doesn't give my son enough outside time and play time and he's making life hard on himself and my when my son doesn't nap, it's because he's not putting enough energy into, into getting his energy out. And then I realized shortly after that, I've been doing most of my son's nap times. So was I concerned about my son getting his energy out? Was I concerned about my husband getting enough quality time with my son? Or was I trying to make sure that my son was easy to put down during nap time and I didn't have to deal with a tantrum and a fight? by trying to manipulate the outcome. So I'm trying to manipulate my husband into making sure he gets my son's energy out so that nap time comes easy for me. I know that I manipulate outcomes in other ways. I know manipulation is a huge part of control pattern tactics. There's a whole podcast episode on that. But like I said, master manipulators aren't always narcissists. They are also... Um, can come with codependency and control patterns. Another, so this one I think goes with being convincing is also another part of being convincing is using charm and charisma to convince others of our capacity to be caring and compassionate. So another form of control can be worrying, over worrying. When I recently had my mental health crisis, I wasn't able to work. And so I became overly obsessive of how much money my husband was bringing in and like what bills are being paid. I mean, I'm overly obsessing if we're going to make it or not. And I think that's normal. That's a normal security issue when people are going through hard times. But I was worrying to the point that I just was incessantly talking about what our situation was and how we were going to get through it. And And worrying about everything my husband's doing and if he's being productive enough or if he's trying to help out enough, if he's stepping up enough, it turns into control because I'm worrying so much that my worry becomes a control tactic because my husband doesn't want to see me worrying incessantly while I'm going through a health crisis, so he's going to change his behaviors to help me worry less, and that becomes a control tactic. Worrying can be a form of control, and my girl Melody Beattie She says that the three most common triggers for the need to be controlling are losing a relationship, admitting someone we love has a serious problem, or losing our health. And like I said, the reason I took a break is because I lost my health. I lost control over my sanity and myself, and that turned into me having full-blown control pattern issues. And everything spun so out of control, I slipped right back into being overbearing and controlling, trying to create outcomes that I desired. And it was really scary. It was really scary to see that all the recovery work I've put in and all the growth that I put in, that me not taking care of myself and I don't know, I didn't really see the signs going in and I'm working with my therapist on how to see the signs better, if not letting it get to that point again. But it it was crazy how controlling and overbearing I became. And it really made me realize, like, it makes sense why my ex-husband left me. It really makes sense. And I'm not trying to be rude, but well, who am I being rude to myself? I guess to all the codependents out there listening. <laughs> I could see why he left me because when I feel out of control myself, my need to be controlling and it's just, it's not cute. It's really not cute. What I can think of and what I picture in my head is that like nagging woman on the sideline during family pictures. Like, Why don't you move over to the left a little? The lighting's bad right there. Okay, now, can you part your hair to the left a little? Okay, okay. Can you, can you, white? what's that on your shirt? Why, I told you not to eat before we, did you, did you have to eat spinach dip before we came? It's all over. Look, it's on your pants. It's on your shoe. You're going to have to change your shoes. This isn't acceptable. We're not going to look put together for the family picture. And I can't, I can't give that to people. I can't hand out these pictures to people when you have spinach dip on your shoe. That's what it makes me think of. That's, that is, uh, I forget how bad codependency can be when it's not in check. And it's important to keep those things in check. Another thing that Melody Beattie states in her codependency workbook is that obsessively focusing on other people while remaining oblivious to our behaviors is another symptom of codependency. And I seem to do this when I feel a lack of control within myself. So I think that the Number one thing that I can take from my most recent health crisis is that if I'm obsessing and overly thinking about what everyone else is doing, that's a good sign that things are not going well with myself. That there's something going on with me inside that I'm not willing to look inward. And I think that controls a hard one. I think it's hard to admit Having control pattern issues. And for me, it's hard for me to admit that my ideas aren't the best ideas sometimes, or that people can make happy and healthy decisions for themselves without me interfering, that people can resolve conflict with each other without me getting involved, that my husband can be an amazing dad without me ever having to give a piece of advice on how to parent, that If something happened to me that my family would be okay without me That's a huge one that I need to be needed and it's hard for me to swallow that It would be hard But it's doable and people can Live without me telling them how to live their lives People can live without this podcast People can live without the advice that I have to give so freely and so often (laughs) but it's good to remember. It's humbling to remember that as much as I can make happy and healthy decisions for myself, so can the people I love. And so my resource for the day, I i don't know if I'm going to do this on every episode, but my resource of this week is to go to coda.org and look around at the literature. I know that I don't know if people know, Codependency Anonymous is a 12-step group, and I encourage you to check it out, and Coda.org is the first step to checking that out. I wouldn't be able to do this podcast without Coda, and I look forward to many more weeks with you guys, and I appreciate your patience, and thank you for standing by while I took my break, and thank you for listening to the show. I appreciate you so much the light in me recognizes the light in you and just remember folks that awareness sparks growth my friends